0: So did you hear the click in the whole episode? That was funny.
1: I did. I did. But like this mic is so sensitive that I knew the Metro was coming before Mm -hmm. I could even see it because I could hear it in the mic. So I don't know if that's going to be an issue up, listen to the playback or whatever.
0: Um, yeah, we can work through that. We're recording this right now because I just put this unedited the last week. Like I didn't really touch it up. I put some music on it and I just threw it on here because it's like a I, I like this as like an assessment at the end. It's like, how'd that show go? And it's like, man, that was really bad. That was weird sound because Cleve wasn't as clear. Like I heard. I don't, did you hear the dishes clinking and all that stuff? I thought that was him. Was that you?
1: it wasn't me i'm i mean megan's in bed I, I looked around but the doors the doors here are shut and i was like am i hitting something that's no. clinking I, I, think, I, I really wasn't but I, I was looking around like trying to identify so i think I it was it was in the background i think
0: it was so Cleve, it's almost like he didn't have his headphones plugged in because it sounded like he was sitting there because we usually he's played madden before And so I heard, I have to get, I'll see what happens. It could be a really interesting uh, post-production for me because it was just clicking for like a half an hour. And uh, he didn't listen to the post-game last week, so he mightn't even listen this week. But I just thought it was funny because I'm like, well, you can only can do what you can do.
1: That's, yeah, yeah, that'll be a that'll be interesting yeah i'm so worried about like all my little noises that i'm making here that he's clicking the uh
0: no we'll work through it we'll work through
1: it like it though like it's because it's natural so i'll have to hear it back to like actually form an opinion but as we were doing it it wasn't like driving me crazy or anything
0: no but But i can hear it
1: it. as a listener i'll have to test back and see
0: that's where it is but uh do a little uh, i'll do a little production during the show um so for the mic when you were when you were looking at your paper you were talking off to the side. Like my mic's. enough to pick it up but yours is not so like you were going kind of well it's better to be like a little bit away from it i always call it the you know you have like a thumbs length away or whatever but when because it it only picks up sound in that one direction so when you turned now you're you're projecting your voice in a different direction and that's what the cheap microphones are like a lot of times where like they only pick up and it's i'm assuming that is about this because i noticed that when you moved you sounded like you you used to sound and so then you'd move back and forth. And it won't be that noticeable to the listener, but it's just noticeable to me because I'm okay. We tuned no, no, into no, it no. now
1: because I remember that from like the radio broadcasting yeah. days. I just thought it was get me because like literally, I like I said, I'm here, my cat fart three rooms away, so I assumed that it would like it wouldn't matter for one over here. But even my headphones, I can hear it now. Yeah, it does. So,
0: but the thing about those okay. cheap microphones is that they don't have uh they, they they're what's the word I'm looking for? They're like omnidirectional because I, I got that cheap one for Cleve and I tested out here and I was like, I think a mouse could fart in hear it. I'd be able to hear it like that's how bad it was. So uh, let's talk college first, because I feel like college is really interesting this weekend. Conference championship, of course, I thought that rivalry weekend was great and um, Bedlam lived up to the name. But I think conference championship, there's a lot of outcomes here that are intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, college football is just insane this last weekend with Michigan beating Ohio State and Alabama almost losing to Auburn. That it set up this college or Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. That it set up this incredible final uh, final Saturday here this week. So Georgia plays Alabama, mm-hmm. Michigan plays Iowa, Cincinnati plays Houston. If the underdogs win in two of those games, i I think Notre Dame gets in. I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia and Michigan Cincinnati loses, then Georgia also stays in. Yeah. So it it could be tougher for Notre Dame to get in there, but it's definitely possible. So, you know, for people that don't follow college football that closely, I actually think they're going to be shocked by what's about to happen to Alabama when they go against Georgia. Georgia is about to open a can in Alabama this weekend.
0: I certainly I actually think so as well. I don't feel like George is vulnerable at all and I think they take care of business because they've been the best team in the country all year. I don't think it's really been close, has it?
1: No. No, no, no. Not not at all.
0: Yeah. And I I I don't want to take too much from the Auburn game because rivalry week can be tough sometimes. Like that's that's what it is. But Auburn was a 6 and 5 team. They should have won the football game if not for that running back well, not right, being able to well, get the right. bounds. Huh? For the backup. Yeah. yeah. So I I agree with you. But when I'm looking at this slate of games, if I'm looking at a team that feels I don't I hate to say vulnerable, but I I just I don't know. I I I want Cincinnati to make it. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of confidence in them in this game for some reason. And they have zero margin for error.
1: So I don't want Cincinnati to make it because I think that mid majors and major college football just don't count. Their schedules are completely fraudulent. If you put Cincinnati, if you play Cincinnati with Penn State, Penn State's undefeated. Cincinnati has three losses at this point. Oh, I know. You know, so I don't want them to get in. I don't think they deserve to be in because they're not in a real conference. They don't play real football. Now, that being said, they could they could beat Michigan if they were to play. So I don't want it to sound like I don't think that they're they're any good. What I'm saying, though, is that like if they went through a real schedule with a real conference, they're unlikely to actually still be undefeated.
0: Oh, I don't disagree. I, I just my thing with the playoff has always been I wish that it was a little bit more than four teams because then you could at least allow for some of these outliers to get in there like a Cincinnati and then I I don't know like I I understand where you're coming from with only four teams because it's really difficult to pick the four best teams and how can you truly evaluate a team like Cincinnati when you know that there are other schools that are going to have a better resume but they may have had more losses I get where you're coming from it's not an easy job for the committee
1: yeah, and and I don't. I mean, I think Cincinnati is very good. They got some good players. They've got a great corner who's going to be a top NFL draft pick. Their quarterback Desmond Ritter is a great college uh, quarterback and will do great in the XFL. So, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not good. What I'm saying is that they are not like Oklahoma State should be in uh, Notre Dame, not so much mainly because they lost to Cincinnati, but also because they played like half ACC and then they play Stanford and USC. Basically because they keep ducking Michigan, mm-hmm. they don't get to get in. It's the one I'm getting at with Notre Dame.
0: Isn't it going to be great when Luke Fickle coaches Notre Dame in the national title game?
1: I mean, I, we have to discuss that because... So the way this worked out is that Notre Dame's coach, Brian Kelly, left abruptly to go to LSU when he left like a complete asshole as well. But yeah. he leaves to go to LSU and then... Luke Fickle the head coach at Cincinnati who went to Ohio State he's got like the three jobs he would take right Ohio State Notre Dame Michigan the same big three that anybody from the Midwest has including me if I was a football coach and I got an opportunity to coach Ohio State I would take it so like that makes that makes some sense so now Notre Dame's open is Fickle gonna take this job if they were to lose this week and Cincinnati's out could they hire Luke Fickle and he could just immediately walk in and coach right now because the interim coach would be Marcus Freeman, who was a former linebacker at Ohio state and is an ACE recruiter. But Brian Kelly wants to make him the highest paid DC and at LSU. Yeah. So do you let him interim coach when you know he's leaving if the other coach is right there, but like he's been with the team and Luke Fickle has not And that's assuming they're going to able to squeeze their way into this playoff anyways, which which I don't think they should, but it, it's on the table.
0: Does it change anything for Luke Fickle that Cincinnati's going to the Pac-12? I think that's where they're going, right? Big 12. Big 12, okay. Does it change anything? No. So? No. You
1: you you don't want to be at the second school in your state, even if it's a good situation. Michigan State, Pitt, Cincinnati, when they join a real conference, will still be second to Ohio State. UCLA, like being a maybe texas a&m because they were in the a different conference than than texas but certainly not baylor like nobody sticks at baylor forever you go to baylor to get to somewhere else because texas is always going to be a problem so no he should be getting he should be getting up to notre dame i'm sure he'd rather go to ohio state like he might even wait and be like, well, let's see if Ryan Day does go to the NFL because right. he'd rather go back to Ohio State where he was the interim after Jim Trust. That's what I was going to so, ask
0: you. I thought he was interim coach for, for a hot minute there.
1: Yeah, he lost to Michigan.
0: Yeah. So that was that the last time they lost to him?
1: Yeah, th- yeah, it was. Okay. That's 10 years ago.
0: So let me ask you a larger question about this. Um, and you're tapped into this a lot more than I am, but I had kind of looked at the, the vacancies and the coaches that were being considered and was Lincoln Riley at all associated with either of these jobs cuz that kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I'm not surprised like in the sense that that I I get why he took the job, but when that news broke, it was not an outcome that I had considered very heavily because it hadn't even been really talked about that much.
1: So so no, I never considered Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for another college. I just always assumed he was going to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I just thought that was, like, written in the stars. And he was going from Oklahoma to the Cowboys. And all the Oklahoma fans are all Cowboy fans anyway, so, like, it would be it'd be understandable. Right? It's like Harbaugh going to coach the Lions or something. You know, it would be, you know, somewhat somewhat acceptable. He says that USC did not make contact with him until late in the night after they lost to Oklahoma State, which I don't buy for a second no. that that's the case. But that's what he says. And they said he slept for a couple hours, talked with his family, and accepted the job Sunday morning nobody makes a decision that big in 12
0: hours he had to have that on his radar for a while
1: oh agents were talking yeah representatives from usc were talking to representatives for lincoln and riley and like yeah they he knew he knew it was a possibility plus like the contract was sick at least get like 10 million a year they bought six million a six million dollar house for him they uh are paying half a million over ask on both of his houses in Norman they didn't just work this out over 12 it doesn't work that way i don't understand why they try to like
0: fool us into that it's just so fucking strange but how much of this has to do with the fact that ou is gonna go to the sec and now he's moving to a school usc which he can probably bring back as the premier school in that conference and pretty much probably get to the playoff year after year if he if, if he cashes in on what he did at oklahoma i mean
1: I don't even think it's that deep. I just think USC is a better job than Oklahoma.
0: Okay, that's fair. I mean I mean he's been very successful at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has been I, I, is it fair to say they've been a premier school for a while? Like they've obviously have a tradition of winning, but
1: Yeah, they're 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 similar to Michigan. They take time off every so often, but they've been winning basically since football started yeah started to be played. So they yeah, they're a premier blue blood a blue blood program, but they're gonna do fine in the SEC. Uh, I'm not really dogging Oklahoma. I mean, the no. state of Oklahoma is trash, but like the school itself and the football program is fine. But he had three top prospects coming to Oklahoma from Southern California. The top quarterback prospect in class of 2023, so not the kids signing now, but the one signing a year from now, uh, Malachi Nelson from Los Angeles, committed to go to Oklahoma. As soon as this news breaks, it decommits from Oklahoma. And it has already committed to USC. Mm-hmm. And the other two are going to do the same, yeah. Because Lincoln Riley's been recruiting out of Southern California to Oklahoma, so like he's already known in Southern California, yeah. From he's like it's weird to think like Oklahoma USC, but from Lincoln Riley's point of view, he's been in Southern California all the time, getting kids to come to Oklahoma. Now he's to getting them to stay home and go to USC. And Damani Jackson in this class, a top defensive back prospect who Michigan has not given up on, because I think he wants to go to Michigan, but mom wants him to stay home in LA. This is going to lock this up. He's staying now with Lincoln Riley. So it even messes up Michigan a little bit.
0: So what about Brian Kelly at LSU? That, I I don't want to say that's a head scratcher, but it certainly, again, wasn't something that I considered very heavily.
1: So Notre Dame has gone to the playoff two out of the last four years with an outside chance of going this year. Yeah. And Brian Kelly decided he'd have have an easier chance winning a national championship playing Nick Saban every year instead. (laughs) I know. This move says so much about what Brian Kelly thinks of the Notre Dame position. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. Now, on the one hand, Brian Kelly is a gigantic asshole. Yeah, he is. So, I've never been a fan. Yeah, so, like, he could he could be wrong here. I, I initially considered this to be a lateral move, which is why I found it confusing. Mm-hmm. But clearly, Brian Kelly does not. He thinks that this is a much better move. He thinks he can be more successful in the SEC West with Saban and, like, Texas and Oklahoma showing up here in a couple Uh, a a couple of years than he can at Notre Dame where like you pick your schedule basically and can do, and can do whatever you want. So to me, what this move really says is that Brian Kelly, at least does not consider Notre Dame to be one of the top tier jobs in college football. He considers Notre Dame to be a stepping stone job to a job like that. And that is, is shocking,
0: I think so. I mean, he had it is in his mind. Is he thinking that maybe it's easier to win a national title because he doesn't have the academic standards that Notre Dame likes to say that they hold themselves to? Does that hold yeah, them back you, a little bit?
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got a good friend who's a uh, went to Notre Dame, huge renowned fan, very knowledgeable in college football. Shout out to Paul. Um, and he said that Brian Kelly has always hated the strict rules and standards put in place by Notre Dame around academics and stuff like that. But the thing is he can still recruit well enough to Notre Dame to compete for national titles. The problem is that he's, he's been missing on quarterbacks. It's kind of the same problem that Michigan and Penn State keep having. Like yeah. they don't they don't hit enough on quarterback and then Ohio State has Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins and CJ Stroud and they just keep it rolling and rolling and rolling, right? If one of those players had ended up at Notre Dame, instead of Justin Fields goes to Notre Dame, Brian Kelly's got two national championships thrown to Chase Claypool. So it, it can be done at Notre Dame. It's gonna be easier in LSU. I think at at LSU, football is the number one thing. Yeah. And at Notre Dame, I don't think it is the number one thing. I think it's the number one sport. It's a huge thing on campus. But Notre Dame is the number one thing at Notre Dame, whereas football is the number one thing at LSU. And I just think he finds that appealing.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because he's already the winningest coach at Notre Dame. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: In terms of total wins. In terms of
0: total wins. He could have retired there. Had probably had the job for a long time if he can continue to be successful. I mean, he was he was very successful there. And like you said, possibly three playoffs in five years. But I don't know. That one was really strange. But it it made a lot of sense. And, it, you know, I have to say this. LSU has been kind of under the gun lately about some of their stuff with Les Miles. Right. You heard yeah. some of the stuff and hiring Brian Kelly tells me exactly what I need to know.
1: Yeah, LSU is about winning football games. They really don't care too much about the rest of it. And it's weird with Brian Kelly. because, So, Brian Kelly, to be very careful how I say this when it's being recorded, Brian Kelly, in my opinion, allegedly, whatever, did not have enough care and consideration when that kid was killed recording their video, whatever. Like, it was a situation that... As I understand it, could have been very preventable mm-hmm. if Brian Kelly had thought to protect children rather than—I mean, college kids—but you know, yeah. world is shit now, so kids. Instead of like getting his film or whatever, so he, it's not like he's a great human being or anything, but I also don't think he's going to tolerate some of the behavior that was tolerated by Les Miles and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that was you know so I don't bad.
1: because like at Notre Dame he couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I just, I don't, I don't see it quite, quite like that. Like, I think they're a good match because they're both kind of scummy. Yeah. But like the type of scummy Brian Kelly is might solve some of the problems lsu has anyways if that makes any sense it does
0: so before we move on to the nfl can we talk about the virginia tech hire for a second yeah of course uh what are your thoughts on that because i again i don't intimately know a lot of these coordinators in college and looking at some of the the talk around blacksburg i think a lot of the student body and a lot of the alumnus were like who is this guy but on paper it seems like it's a fine hire it's just not a sexy hire
1: okay so this is going to seem like, I'm insulting Virginia Tech, and I do not mean to, but I do not know who they hired.
0: They apparently hired Brent Pry from Penn State, d- defensive coordinator. I think that's his name.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Um,
0: no, I, I I agree. I, I understand. Like, uh, that news dropped yesterday, and it's not news when you got all these yeah, other so it didn't, positions. It didn't even, it didn't even hit. Um, no, I, I, I don't take it as an insult. It's just there's a lot of coaching movement right now that has a lot of implications in, in higher places. Yeah.
1: So Penn State's defense is always fantastic. They always get good players and he's been instrumental in a lot of that recruiting. Although James Franklin is a great recruiter himself. I would go play for James Franklin in a heartbeat if I was 17 and he walked into my living room. Oh really? Like, yeah. James Franklin is the man, like in terms of like getting people to go play for him. But it, Penn State's defenses have always been very well organized, well thought out. This year, one of their key defensive linemen got hurt and they adjusted very quickly the Michigan game was in there and that didn't go as well for them. But they still only lost the game twenty one to seventeen. Mm-hmm. So as far as like skills on the field and whatever, this seems perfectly fine. I have no idea about any of the other stuff, but this from playing Penn State every single year, having to play against their defense, he seems qualified, you yeah. know, on the field to be to, to be a big time, you know, coach at a big time uh school like that. So I mean, I don't know, like, could they have gotten somebody else or who was somebody else on staff or like I'm not that closely familiar with virginia tech but it it doesn't it's it's not like i I didn't hear the name i was like oh my god are you kidding me like it was it's fine
0: so he was a grad he was a grad assistant at tech from 95 to 97 so he was a grad assistant while beamer was there so this connection's there So he
1: recruits the shit out of the DMV, which what Virginia needs to do. And that's
0: and that's exactly what the the article that I was reading about him is that he's familiar with the territory. So from a recruiting perspective, it's not as if he's a complete unknown. That was kind of where Fuente went went wrong, was that he's not a known person. He couldn't recruit down here. So I I liked it too. And it was just kind of like, all right, you know, we'll see what we have. I mean, last year, or under Fuente in, in general, they didn't have an identity. So if they're going to be a defensive, defensively strong team, that's at least an identity, and they have something to yeah. build around. And people are like, "What about the offense?" And it's like, we didn't know what we were in general. So I just I didn't know what your thoughts were on on that guy because I'd never heard of him, and I didn't know being a Big Ten connection if you knew more about him than I did. But I guess you know we'll see what happens. He'll he'll be there for a few years. Well, and- yeah,
1: all, all the disaster coordinators of the Big Ten, I know. Yeah, and I know them very well, and he is not one of them. Like nobody. Nobody talks shit about Penn State's defense.
0: No, he got to coach talk Mike Management. Yes. He gets to <laughs> coach Micah Parsons, which uh he's been great. So uh I think NFL, you know, we have a we have a few more minutes, like 10 minutes. Uh Bill's Patriots has got to be the, the key game on the slate this week, right? At least from a playoff uh implications perspective. Yeah,
1: just from like a two good teams playing each other perspective.
0: You just call the Patriots good?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously. I'm obviously kidding. they're good. There's no there's there's no way around. I mean the expectations have completely shifted. This is a team that should compete for their division and should at the very minimum probably make the AFC title game at this point
0: so i, mean, I know you, i know you made fun of me about the the patriots humble brag stuff but do you do you honestly believe that belichick is doing some of his best coaching this year
1: yeah because i don't think the, i don't really rate most of the players on the team so for them to be doing this good yeah i would have to say like damian harris is nothing special Remindre stevenson might actually be really good matt jones is not terrible so that's good kendrick Bourne ain't shit nope. Hunter henry's pretty good but whatever The defense is kind of nondescript, but they're playing really well. So Kyle Van Noy is awesome again out of nowhere. So like, you know, they're doing they're doing enough. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's got to be doing a good job because I would not like I would not trade their roster for the Rams. Right. You know, or the Chargers. But (laughs) somehow they're doing a lot better.
0: Matt Judon might be one of the best free agent pickups in the NFL from this past year. He's been ridiculous. Matt
1: Judon is amazing, and I can't believe Baltimore let him go.
0: I was actually going to ask you, like, why do you think he left? Is it just money? Money. I mean,
1: Too much money. They got to pay Lamar still. It just, they were like, we can draft somebody, and they did. They uh, did, yeah. Radofiole is awesome, but, I
0: mean, man,
1: Matt Judon is the man.
0: Judon is at, like, 12 and a half sacks or something like that this year. It's a yeah. really high number, and there's still, like, a billion games to go. The season has been taken forever. But, uh, yeah, I, I personally feel like this is not a game that the Patriots are going to win. It's in Buffalo. It's a tough ask in Buffalo. And I feel yeah. like Buffalo is motivated, if that makes sense. And they're not a poorly coached team and they have a lot of talent.
1: Yeah. So my note for this game, I wrote the pants are playing great, but I see this as a huge spot for Buffalo. Expect a big Buffalo win that it's a situational result, not really reflective of yeah. the teams.
0: I agree with you. And if you look at the Patriots now, this game against Tennessee got them to eight wins. And if we're thinking 10 wins is w- would get them into the playoffs, like at the yeah. seventh seed, it's like they have to go two and three the rest of the way. So they're playing the Jags. That's one of the games. So at least that gets you one of those wins. So maybe if they can sneak in another win here. But, you know, the Dolphins game isn't a gimme anymore because they're playing a lot better.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's it's going to be tough down the stretch, but they're better than the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, so so
1: they should be buffalo Buffalo in new england
0: yeah i think we said reasonably they would split but i mean they're exceeding my expectations and i'm happy as hell so uh but this game you know monday night it's it's a tough ass but if they lose the game and it's not a blowout then i think that tells you that they can stick it with the bills yeah no
1: i i think the patriots are fully capable of winning the whole thing this year i don't think they will but can you if you told me right now i had to pick either the patriots or the chiefs to make the super bowl i'd pick the patriots
0: Think about this for a second. Imagine Brady leaves, wins a Super Bowl last year, and then Belichick gets a rookie, takes the first rookie quarterback to a Super Bowl, and then wins a Super Bowl. Like, at this point, the Brady versus Belichick thing would be ridiculous because it's like, well, wow.
1: Everybody about this entire thing would be so insufferable. I would only watch the CFL. Oh, God.
0: It's all, it's insufferable to me. I'm just like, whatever. Like, who cares who, who's, who does what? They all have the Super Bowls. Just fucking move on.
1: Yes. Also, go Argonauts. There you go. So Thursday night, we have the Cowboys at the Saints. This is a must win for Dallas. The Saints have lost three straight. 100%. Payson Hill might start. Dallas has got to win.
0: Yeah. And um, it, I I don't have a lot of confidence in the Cowboys in general right now, but they could prove me wrong and get, it, and get that get right game we've been saying they needed for three weeks.
1: Yeah, because it landed in the count. No. Um, Colts at Texans Sunday, 1 p.m., Jonathan Taylor should rush for about 500 yards in this game.
0: This will be the game where the Colts finally get exposed. You watch, because remember, we—it'll <laughs> be something like that.
1: Yeah, Tyrod just jumps up and gets some
0: 304.
1: Yeah, uh, the Vikings are at the Lions, um, and the like you know, these assholes are going to throw to Justin Jefferson this week. Yeah, just yeah. by me.
0: Well, if they're going to make the playoffs, they got to beat the Lions. Yeah, yeah. If they, if, as they, that. If,
1: they, if they lose this game, they are they are Toast. done as as can be, but they won't. Also, Alexander Madison is actually going to rush for like 150 yards and three touchdowns.
0: So you want to hear something funny? I picked him up earlier in the year because I have Dalvin Cook, and he was awesome in fantasy. So Dalvin Cook's out, and he's on the waiver wire. I have the waiver position over Mrs. Ice, but she really needs a running back. So I may have gone into the app and canceled that transaction so so she could get a running back because I have a lot of good running backs, but I'd like to have an insurance policy for the playoffs. She's devastated with running backs. like She's got like three on IR or some bullshit like that. So I let her have it because I would not be able to live in this household if I had him on top of everybody else that I have. Who, who are your other running backs oh god well i picked up quarter patterson randomly so that's worked out for me stunningly this year um who else do i have let me look well keep talking and i'll, I'll look it up
1: yeah because the thing is is that over the next two weeks when uh delvin cook is out alexander madison my guess once i hear these names he's going to be a better start than at least two of the people you're mentioning starting with Cordero patterson madison's a better start especially no, this week
0: no he is but i could not let her she she needs it so bad because she can still make the playoffs i'm 100 to make the playoffs right now she's the last team she's one of two teams that actually has a chance in our four team playoff league
1: no you gotta no you gotta finish everybody off that's it no mercy you gotta collect the alexander madison and just be done with it yeah
0: well and i have oh i had deandre swift who's hurt too so i had two running yep. backs that are hurt and i had dalvin cook and uh, Debo samuels hurt that sucks for me um but anyway so yeah i've got to start kind of a hodgepodge this week but i'm playing a really crappy team but uh jacobs tony pollard patterson like i could use them don't get me wrong but i had to i had to make an adjustment for the marriage
1: alexander madison would have been the number one running back on your team this week i agree
0: but again gotta think about more than just fantasy Uh,
1: listen i mean megan doesn't play fantasy football but if she did i would crush her mercilessly okay there's no there's no uh no other way around it Uh, also we're just so competitive that anything we do compete and we just always try to crush each
0: other my wife has never beaten me in fantasy football but if you want to talk about competitive so we can't play mario kart together because i'm so good at mario kart and we got into one of the biggest marital fights we've ever been in over mario kart so now we have to like take turns like playing the same car because i can look at my screen and her screen tell her what she needs to do will also maintain a huge lead in first and she just gets so pissed she's like why don't you pay attention to what you're doing and i was like i'm in first place i'm doing just fine and one time she's like you're cheating and i was like it's not cheating when i'm that much better than you and that just incited a war
1: so I thought you were going to say, like, we fight over who gets to be Yoshi. I didn't no. realize. Was, uh, no,
0: no, 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 no. Like, actual competitiveness. Like, she can't stand how good I am at it. So we just don't no, play it together anymore.
1: Yeah. No, that's uh, that's fantastic. Megan does not play video games. So I do not have this not have this issue. Although it would be fun to beat her man at, like, 300 and nothing. Just um, just for the lulls. But
0: when I first moved to the DMV, I was living with people that I didn't really align with. I won't say, like, bad things about them, but we just didn't really get along. And... One night I came home and they were playing Mario Kart and they're like, do you want to play with us? And I was like, yup. And, (laughs) and they were like, um, okay. And I didn't say a word the whole time we did it. I was just like mercilessly killing them and like lapping them and hitting them with items on the way by. And they were just like, you're really good at this. And I'm like, yup. And then I went to bed. Like it was the most satisfying thing ever.
1: (laughs) Oh man, I don't know how to transition from that I, uh, yeah, to the sorry. Giants and the Dolphins. Besides, uh, the Giants are going to hit with a giant banana peel named Freddie Kitchens, I guess. I don't know. Uh,
0: giants are six and to... seven. Giants, I mean, uh, Dolphins are going to be six and seven after starting. Yeah, one and this, and seven.
1: Is a, this is actually a political football bowl because we talk so much about the Giants and the Dolphins. Yeah, and true. Joe Judge and Gettleman getting fired and Tua being way better than Cleve thinks.
0: How great um, is Freddie Kitchens though? Like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!"
1: I thought it was a joke. Nope. when i first read like i read in a tweet and i was like oh that person's kidding there's no way that's true i had to like google it to verify
0: isn't that great we were like no that's not right oh shit i didn't get fooled by the internet freddie fucking kitchens is on the sideline for the giants
1: yep uh it will be interesting though if tua can put the nail on the gentleman and judge coffin please i know that'd be that'd be fitting uh, we got the Bucks at the Falcons. So, yeah, good luck with your cardero Patterson this week. That's going to work out for you. Um, I'm calling it now. This is a Mike Evans blow up spot. 102 touchdowns for go. Mike Evans this week. All right. I like it. So put, take it to the bank. Uh, Eagles are at the Jets. So the Eagles had better get back on track by crushing Cleve's heart or else.
0: Oh, man. I've. ooh. this is this is actually tough because they look so bad against the Giants. They can't look that bad two weeks in a row.
1: No, especially, not, well, I would say that it's such a bad team, but the Giants are way better than the Jets.
0: Yeah, they really are. Even with no weapons, they're they're still better. Like, I hate saying that because I'm not trying to take a crap on the Jets, but they're not good.
1: No, they are not. Uh, we got the Cardinals at the Bears. So, and one more week of Andy Dalton. God. Uh, Kyler is back this week, maybe
0: Nuke yeah kyler was out because they thought they could tread water without him and wanted to make sure he's 100 100 for the playoffs right
1: and they did they went two and one with colt mccoy and they had their bye week yeah so. they did
0: but you know what i mean like there wasn't because there was some rumblings that he could have played but didn't want to play but i think yeah, it was the a super
1: bowl, the super bowl was two weeks ago he plays
0: but it was a mutual decision i think like hey look we're good now like i want to yeah. be here for the stretch run so i think yep. King, kingsbury's doing a good job this year i gotta give him credit
1: he is, yeah. He's not kicking infinite field goals. Nope. Uh, so my, my Matt Prater shares in Dynasty are not working out so well. <laughs> we have a easy game here for the Rams. Jacksonville at the Rams. Uh, Ratchet, Pat Stafford, Rip Urban Meyer apart will bring me a unique sense of joy. Yeah. That'll be that'll be really fun just because I you know root for Matt Stafford and have him Mm -hmm. just crush her Meyer and send him on his way to Notre Dame will be good. Mm -hmm. We have the Washington football team at the Raiders. Uh, this is a huge game for both of them if they want to try to make make the playoffs. And this could do it for the football team. If they win this game, because they have two against Philly and two against Dallas, they might actually completely control their own destiny in the division after this
0: week are we both in agreement that this could be a trash game with a lot of implications
1: yeah this could be a game where Hunter Renfro and Adam Humphries each get nine catches to lead their teams wow. and white it's guys. unwatchable
0: white guys yep okay Yep. we're tracking uh,
1: Hunter, Hunter Renfro by the way most receptions in college football playoff history with 37 wow yeah okay uh, Ravens at Steelers we're gonna learn a lot about the Ravens in this game I mean the Bengals just dismantled the Steelers the Ravens should probably do the same
0: Isn't it funny that the Bengals could sweep the Ravens and the Steelers and get swept by the Browns? Like, that's how crazy this division is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think all four are actually much closer than people think. I think the Steelers are the worst and the Ravens are the best, but it's all kind of shoved together there.
0: I got to tell you, I know you're a Ravens guy, you know, AFC, but like if there's a team that I'm excited to watch in the playoffs that the Patriots don't end up making it, it's the Bengals. I don't know why. They're just very intriguing and exciting to me right now.
1: I, I like the Bengals just because they, they suck all the time, so yeah. do the Lions. So I do kinda I do kinda like that. You know, kinda like the Jets. Although the Jets, I can't stand New York, so I can't really root for them. But um yeah, these teams that are terrible forever. Arizona, like when they made it with Kurt Warner. Like anytime a team's been terrible forever and they sneak their way in, yeah. That's uh that's that's what I like. We have the 49ers at the Seahawks and um, you know, I Jimmy G is trash this year but he's the best quarterback in this game this
0: year yes so here's my question if jimmy g hadn't been hurt or if they hadn't had the injuries that they had earlier in the season would they be like nine and three instead of six and five yep so are they basically potentially going to be a seven and five team that could be already a 10 win team
1: yes they might be the second best team in the nfc behind green bay
0: yeah so if they can stay healthy they're pretty dangerous
1: they are. Uh and they're not gonna win their division. Probably they're not gonna run down Arizona. So they're gonna be a wild card team. So they're gonna go, they'll be the best wild card team. So they'll go to the worst division winner, which won't be Green Bay, won't be Tampa, Dallas? won't be Arizona. Hello, Dallas. Yeah. Here's San Francisco in the first round. Congratulations.
0: It's a classic matchup too. It's a nice looking game too.
1: It is. Uh Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders on both sides, I guess. Yeah. Um, however, this game could be a perfect dead cat bounce. For Seattle yeah like you can see it being like the final like huzzah before the whole thing implodes and you get the DK Metcap 9 for 180 and 2 and craziness I don't think I don't think we're gonna see that but if we do I'm not buying it it's just like the last the last hurrah before it's over
0: but remember Cleve was kind of trying to take a crap on Shanahan because he feel he felt like the results weren't there I love how cl- how he's so easy to do that and shanahan now has his full complement of players and he's got elijah mitchell what 30 carries 140 yards or something like that and it's like yeah. he's t- always talked about terrell davis not being a hall of famer because the, the broncos could run the football with anybody and shanahan can do that shanahan can get I, I don't know how you feel about that take he's very strong about that one that one always cracks me up and i was like did he not watch terrell davis like i
1: that that is not the worst take i've ever heard no but it's one of the weirdest bad takes to hold strongly because, like, he's not a Denver guy, no, and they didn't beat the Jets, so like, yeah, it just seems it seems like a like a weird like a weird strong stance to take. But yeah, I mean, I guess when Alandis Gary came in and ran for two thousand or whatever, that
0: yeah, well, they kind of. It, but Cleve sometimes makes me laugh because he has takes that I'm just like, what? We were talking basketball with a friend of ours and the friend said, I think Steph Curry is probably one of the best shooters of all time. And Cleve's like, yeah, I don't know. He's still got a lot to prove. And I'm like, what does he have to prove? Like the guy shoots from the logo. He's got like four NBA titles, four MVPs or whatever it is. I'm like, what else do you need to see, man? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's a body of work thing. I was like, a body of work? He's been in the league for like 12 years. I don't know. does. Does he just not like short players? I don't know what it is. He's just he's he's got a very particular way that he evaluates players. It's not a wrong way. It's just like I just noticed that he's very particular about it, and like he gets these feelings about certain players that he's just like, eh.
1: Well, speaking of the uh, Terrell Davis and the aforementioned Denver Denver Broncos Sunday night, they are at Kansas City. And we're going to see if the Chiefs figured everything out after the bye week here. And if they crush Denver, if they crush Denver, it's possible that they did. Because Andy Reid off a bye, we know he's really good.
0: He is, but I'm not convinced yet. Like, I need something to convince me because I don't know what it is about that team, but I don't have the same confidence as I would have in other years. But just get the Broncos out. Please, please just do that for me. I don't want Teddy Two Gloves in the playoffs. Please don't do this.
1: I think the Broncos are legitimate enough to where if the Chiefs win forty five to seventeen. I'm like, okay, they figure something out. Here we go. All right, that's fair. And then the last game you had mentioned earlier already, Patriots at Bills Monday night. And uh yeah, I think the Bills are gonna win this game by fourteen to twenty one points, but it's not gonna be reflective of anything really. It's just it's Monday night and it's Buffalo and they're all hyped and it's uh,
0: whatever. Yeah, it's a tough atmosphere. They got good fans there. I mean, they're crazy, but they got good fans there.
1: Oh yeah, I love I love the Bills Mafia. I would never want to be part of it, but uh
0: you never want to go but, through a table jumping off the top of somebody's SUV. Come on.
1: Yeah. No. Like I I want to go to LSU for a night game and like enjoy the tailgating down there. I don't really want to go join the Bills Mafia for anything, but I do enjoy watching it on television. That's
0: true. You don't want to go to LSU either. There no vaccinated players there. So, or no vaccinated fans there, so you got to watch your ass out there.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for uh, uh, i'll wait until post covid
0: all right so i think that's a good slate I'm, i'll be honest uh i'm probably more excited for the the championship games than i am for for the nfl but uh it should oh, be yeah it should be yeah good 100%. do you I have
1: what a... michigan's playing so obviously i'm more excited for that but even in general yeah college football is great
0: so i i hate to to put a bad omen on this but like there's no way iowa can win this game right Iowa can win this
1: game, but it's gonna be very hard for them because they've won a lot of games this year with like great special teams play. Yeah. As you expect from Iowa, they are the number two team by all the SPI and all the other fancy metrics and special teams, and it's like their big advantage, but Michigan is number one. So even in their like big advantage they use to flex on teams, they still match up evenly with Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then Michigan of course is better has a much better offense. Iowa can play some defense, but Michigan's defense with Aiden Hutchinson is is much better. So Michigan's a 10.5 point favorite. I think that's a little bit high, but you know, 27 17, 31 14, anywhere in that range for Michigan should do. It should be, they should just handle them. They should, I don't think they're going to blow them out, but they should just sort of handle it. Is,
0: does, does Kirk ferentz get way too much praise for basically no results?
1: Well, the thing is, he does have some results at Iowa because he's been there for so long. So like the 2002 Brad Banks team was Kirk ferentz
0: No, I know, but like, I'm just saying like in, when was the last time they were truly like relevant and good? 2015? Really? I don't even remember mm-hmm. that. See, so, yeah, I don't they, even remember. they
1: lost they lost to Michigan State on the last play of the Big 10 championship game LJ, L.J. Shelton with the one-year touchdown run. That was the year that Michigan State beat Michigan with the crazy punt fumble oh. punt ending Harbaugh's first year. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Iowa was really good that year.
0: So is is losing to Iowa a more palatable outcome for you than losing to Ohio State again?
1: Yeah, anything's more palatable than losing to Ohio State, I hate losing to Ohio State. So even if it um, cost you
0: the playoff, well, I guess both losses would have cost you the playoff, but in this yes. particular sense, you got the big win out against Ohio State, and then you lay an egg against Iowa, but that's still... But the
1: thing is, you beat you beat Ohio State in order to be in this game, so it would be crushing to lose to Iowa, because Michigan's better than Iowa, so I don't really want to beat Ohio State in this huge game where you're 8-point yeah. underdogs and turn around and choke it away against the Iowa. If they make the playoff and they get smoked by Georgia, well you know god bless but you know if they lose to iowa it'll be very very disappointing It will never take the shine off of beating ohio state and denying them this opportunity but it will feel like well you overcame this giant hurdle and then just shit the bed like that's not that's not fun they need to beat iowa
0: that's true all right man i'm gonna do it for you one time before we get out of here i'm gonna play the clip for you i'll talk to you next week
1: to the first down that'll do it under a minute to play Ladies and gentlemen, Wolverine Nation, the long drought is over. Ohio State is vanquished.
0: The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.